Praise the Lord. Welcome to New Life. We're so glad that you can join us this morning. I'm Pastor David Kufal. New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. Um, tell you what, this is a place, if you've been beat up, you can get them and get healed. And so we just love people because God loves us and sent his only son so that we could be saved and have our wounds healed. Amen? So praise the Lord. This morning I want to preach about what we sang about this morning. Bring them in. The last two songs actually had to do with the sermon today. Bring them in. It seems harder bringing, them, bringing in the sheaves, doesn't it? But we still need to go rejoicing doing what the Lord told us to do. You like how I did that? That was pretty good, huh? <laughs> we, we need to be bringing in the, we need to be going out into the harvest field. Jesus says the harvest field is white unto harvest. But most people just want to come and recline on their pew. <laughs> of course, we have chairs here, so you, know, you couldn't have reclined on our old pews anyway. They wouldn't let you recline, you know. Um, I think Hal and Judy wanted us to get recliners for the church, and I said, no, 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 no. Then I could preach all day, and you'd be snoring. So <laughs> we just went ahead and got these nice, comfy chairs. We, Lorraine and I had to go to Bodie's recital last week, and I said, oh, we got to go over there. But their chairs are not as comfortable as ours. And so these are comfortable chairs. And they're built for people in the north. Amen? <laughs> Hell's been getting kicked out of that this morning. Um, they are. They, they just are built for us. And uh, they're very comfortable. But I don't try to preach forever. I know it's harder to reach people today for Christ. But if we would keep our message simple... Don't try to overcomplicate it and argue with people. Keep it simple. Because they're going to have a hundred excuses for not coming to Jesus. But there's only one answer. And that Jesus loved them so much he died for them, even though they were sinners. Even though they were against him, he died for them anyway. Now, we know what the scripture says, that somebody would die for their brother or their friend. But who would die for their enemy? But Jesus did that for us, right? Come on. Oh, I forgot. Come on, replace. Amen? <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, it might be harder today but you're still moving. Lord, we've seen firsthand that you still save. We've seen firsthand that the simple message of the cross still persuades and opens our hearts to salvation. We've seen firsthand from you, Lord, that if we're willing to share, people will still come to know you. Yes, it's harder today. Yes, people are more skeptical. Yes, the culture has changed so much that it's anti-God. 
the Lord people are actually looking for. They're looking for something, anything, that will bring stability to their lives. And the only one that can do is do that for them is you, Jesus. So we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And help us, Lord, to be that light in the darkness so people can find you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. And I thank you for your anointing this morning to preach this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Just got to go down a little rabbit trail here talking about culture and why we need to reach people. Why is it everything from our childhood is being perverted? HBO got a hold of Scooby-Doo. The headline I read that made me aware of it read this, The Perverted Scooby-Doo on HBO Max. See the thing you don't want to see, the first frame of the new Scooby-Doo. They're calling it Velma. It's rated R and M-A-T-V. Wait a second, I thought we couldn't go take our kids to Disney World anymore because of what Disney has done. Now we can't take them to Universal to see Scooby-Doo? The, Scooby-Doo and the gang is their number one draw, one of the reasons why kids want to go to Universal so they can see their, those characters. And now HBO. What was NBC, Universal, thinking when they, Hanna-Barbera, which is actually owned by Warner Brothers. What were they thinking when they said, hey, HBO, it'd be a good idea. We've seen what you've done with Sesame Street. We can trust you. But now Sesame Street is less about education and it's all about entertainment. Isn't that sad? Used to be you could learn your ABCs and one, two, threes watching Sesame Street. Now it's all half an hour of entertainment. You know, man, it used to be when it didn't matter when I was a kid, the same stuff when I was a kid, I could turn it on Sesame Street with my kids and see the, mostly the same things. Now, you don't get all those fun things. I used to tease my mother saying, Wanda washes her wig on Wednesday. And actually, we would do the whole poem, Wacky Wanda. Ah. But the message of the cross will still bring, and this is why this generation is looking for hope. Come on. And when I talk about generation, I'm not just talking about the millennials or the Xers. I'm talking about all of us who are alive and breathing today. Because we're all weary. COVID took a lot out of us. And we come out of, the, come out of COVID for another disease, wokeness. We got a Supreme Court justice going on, the court at the end of June, who cannot tell you what a woman is or a man is. She's not a biologist, she said. 
can't tell you. What? If you can't tell us something that big, we know. We're mystical going to have a grandbaby. Yay! She already knows what the grandbaby's going to be. I'll let her tell you that. But she, she can't wait. But when the doctor brings that baby into the world, mom and dad are going to say, did you get it right? What is it? And the doctor will say, I don't know. That's above my pay grade. My word, you'd be firing that doctor so fast and say, get me a different doctor. It doesn't change. We know what a man is and what a woman is. And if somebody wants to be confused, that's their business. But stop putting it on our kids. Right? What do you mean by confused? Well, because God made us in his image. Come on. I know I'm going to get in trouble with Facebook this morning for all this. But that's okay. <laughs> you can put a joke out about something and they'll put a warning thing on there. You know. But it's okay. We, what I love about the United States is people can mostly if they want to believe something dumb and they want to talk about something dumb we have had soldiers, yesterday was Armistice Day. We've had soldiers who bled and died to give people that right. Right? But the church needs to give hope. Isn't it fantastic? The Supreme Court finally figured out what a baby is. Yeah. Hopefully, what we've learned is what the final vote is going to be and it'll come to pass that Roe v. Wade will no longer be the law of the land. I know I'm going to get in trouble with Facebook for that, but I'm not worried about it. And YouTube now. It will not get rid of abortion in the United States. Some states will have none. Some states will have some you know, exception to the rule. And then there'll be New York and California. But when we can detect the heartbeat of an old person and their heart is still beating, we still say they're alive. And when we can detect a, the baby in the womb and we can detect their heartbeat at eight weeks, they're alive. And the decision, if you want to have a choice, there's lots of ways to take care of not getting pregnant today. And every woman here says, yep, because I'm not trying to take any woman's choice about when she gets pregnant and when she doesn't get pregnant away from her. But the choice should be made before she gets pregnant. And it's really... We, we've come a long way. As a commercial used to say, we've come a long way, baby. And they were trying to just sell women's cigarettes. But the message of the cross will bring us hope to continue sharing the good news. Listen, Isaiah 46, 11, 12 and 13 says, let's first start with 12. He says, listen. Okay. Listen to me, God says, you stubborn hearted who are far from righteousness. Hey, timing, that gives us hope there. 
He's talking to our generation. Right? <laughs> Jamie says the hardest thing is she's talking to her friends. She starts talking to them about the Lord, and they're so hard-hearted they don't want to hear it. But let me tell you anyway so that you can never say that I didn't tell you so. Right? And then she continues to love her friends. God doesn't have to throw away people. It's unfortunate that people throw him away. Right? Keep offering salvation. Because verse 13 says, I bring my righteousness near. It shall not be far off. My salvation shall not linger. And I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. Now, he's talking to, our, to us too. I know that was written to sinful Israel when they were lost in their sin and God was getting ready to punish them. But he's talking to us now. Everything in the Bible speaks to the generation that's alive. And so he's talking to them. My salvation is not far off, so we just need to keep offering it to them. Why? Because his salvation is not going to linger. It's powerful. The gospel pulls down barriers. It softens hearts. It is the grace of God that brings them in. Message of the cross that brings them in, and now it's, the, it's also the grace of God that brings them in. Titus 2 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we shall live soberly, righteously, and godly in, this pre in the present age. Hey, listen, isn't that interesting? We got this culture that we have around us right now that it's so confused, it's sad, Right? This culture around us that, that, that you, you, you can't even make a joke anymore. You heard about the little boy, the, the little 12-year-old boys in, in middle school um, made the mistake of calling somebody by the wrong pronoun. Oh, no. Used the wrong pronoun. I don't even know if they were told what the right pronoun to call the person was. But now they have been arrested by the police because the school district wanted them charged with sexual harassment for using the wrong pronoun. Help me with this. Today, I want to be called it. But tomorrow, I want to be called they. And the next day, I feel like I'm a he. How do I know which one to use? Because it's always fluid. An eight-year-old can figure out that is ridiculous. <laughs> and no, I'm not talking about bullying people. I'm not talking about trying to hurt somebody's feelings. I'm just talking about let's use some common sense because even our kids can't figure it out. Because the rules keep changing. And the rules keep on changing. You know what we like as human beings? Rules. We like to know that if it says 55 miles an hour, I can choose to go 60. 
right? But I also know if I go 62 miles an hour, that cop is probably going to stop me and give me a ticket to the policeman's ball. Right? But I know that's the choice I am making. But I also know that if I'm doing 55 miles an hour, I set my cruise control for 55 miles an hour, and the police officer pulls me over and says to me, well, I feel like it should have only been 35 today, but it's, only, it's posted 55, I could go to the judge and win that. But I felt that way, judge. I don't care what you felt like. The law says it's 55. We need to find rules. And God gives them to us. That's the great thing about him. He defines the rules, but he also gives us free choice. Right? He doesn't bully us to behave. He says, here's... Here's how you're going to get your blessings, and here's how you're going to get punished. But it's up to you, if you what, which one you want. Your choice. And how did God's grace appear to all people? Well, we all who are sitting in church know that. It appeared by his, the presence of his son, Christ Jesus. And I, I love the fact that Paul says here, the word of God teaches us just to say No. Right? Isn't that what he said? He goes a long way to say it in these verses here, but he's just saying, just say no. Just say no to what? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, and here we go, teaching us that denying or saying no to ungodliness, saying no to worldly lust, saying no that, or that, say yes, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So we got a bunch of things we get to do, live soberly, Right? righteously and godly in this present age. That does not mean we don't have a sense of humor. Right? Several times you've laughed at something silly I said. Right? God loves us have... You know who invented humor? God. If you don't believe me, look at the platypus. Or the camel. They're goofy-looking animals, aren't they? And then if you really want to laugh, just all we have to do is look in the mirror first thing in the morning, right? Before we do our, get our hair combed and everything. Boy, that, makes it, that can give us a good laugh in the morning. Go, oh my word, I can't believe God loves that. <laughs> hey, the other thing is, remember this. If God can love that person looking at you in the mirror, then you need to love yourself too. Come on. So he says, all these things you can do, but just say no to worldly lusts. My word, they get us in so much trouble, don't they? Right? And he doesn't even give us the, the, the list is of worldly lusts. That's any, not my word. It, it can apply to a lot of stuff. But they get us in trouble, don't they? You know what's so nice about the grace of God? He forgives us in spite of it. We don't deserve forgiveness, but he, he forgives us in spite of it, Right? And, and then he says, just say no to what? Ungodliness. Because that gets us in trouble too, right? Boy, oh boy. Hell. Isn't that the truth, though? 
It gets, it gets us, it just gets us, well, because you're the elder statesman in the room, and so I just figure I have to ask and make sure I'm preaching right here this morning, Hal. So I'm just asking. It does get us in trouble, right? So we need to say no to those things, but we got to be grateful for Jesus Christ and his grace. Amen? The next thing that helps bring them in is Jesus' work on the cross brings them in. What is going on in Titus chapter 2, verses 13 and 14? Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, are you looking? He's coming back soon. I'll tell you what, this world is getting worse and worse. He needs to come back. The appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us. How did he do that? By dying on the cross. Then he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. His own special people. You know how the King James says it? This describes us much better. His own peculiar people. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, there's humor in the Bible. Because there's, oh my word, that, that just, oh, you're so special. When the King James says, oh, you're so peculiar. You know, and, and that just makes you feel like, wow, God can love us even though we're peculiar. Why? Because we're special to him, right? That's how I memorized that verse. Actually, um, Titus chapter 2, um, 11 through 15 is the first text I've ever used to preach a sermon. Well, I don't know, back when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth, I guess. <laughs> So I love the fact that the Word of God just teaches us to say no, and I love the fact that we need to anticipate Christ's return. It will give us, you know, if we would anticipate Christ's return, it will give us urgency to get busy for Jesus. We really, yeah, I remember coming into Pentecost back in the day, and everybody was getting excited because 40, Israel was going to be in the land for 40 years in the 80s. And everybody was anticipating the soon return of Christ. And so they were all running, all these crazy charismatics and Pentecostals were running around getting people saved because they anticipated it. However, Jesus warned us, you can't put a date on the time of my return. You don't know the day or the hour. Well, that's a good thing to know. But now Israel's been in the land for 70 years. And that's actually a better picture of a generation than 40. 40 years was a generation under judgment. 70 years was under blessing. But a generation can also be 120 years. So we can't be so dogmatic in our trying to date when Jesus is coming. Right? We just know he's coming. And we should anticipate his return. You see, the early church lived as though Jesus was coming back any time. They really were. They were looking for every day they got up thinking that this could be the day. And then when Martin Luther came on the scene, it became prevalent in the German home or uh, the Lutheran home that they would set an extra table. 
I mean, an extra table, an extra setting at the table. They would all sit down, and there would be one place with a plate, knife and fork and spoon, and a cup, and everything ready, and because they were anticipating the Lord could come today and knock on our door. And we should have a place ready for him. That's why they started praying that prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. And let this food to us be blessed. That's why they started praying that prayer over their meals, because they were anticipating the Lord's return. Do we anticipate it, or we just go about, oh, it's another day, another day, another dollar, Only Jesus could do all this for us to redeem us from all lawless deeds and purify for himself his own special people. That's why the message of the cross, the message of the cross is found in this word of God, is so important. We who are saved are his special people and listen folks, we should be zealous for good works. Our good works doesn't get us into heaven, but boy, oh boy, we should be doing them because we are going to heaven. Right? That's why we have the clothes pantry. Huh? Yeah, I know. I call it the pantry. I never know what to call it. You guys changed the name on me from the... I have to think, stop and think. It's no longer trading post. It's now twice blessing closet. I know, I know. And it's a lot of work. And it can be a lot of bother. People just drop things off willy-nilly, and I told them not to bring it, but they brought it anyway. And uh, we get things, and then we have to go through, and then we have to sort things, and we have to change things out, and then pastor says we need to get rid of some of these clothes because they're piling up, and then he makes us drag out all the tables and pile all the clothes up and have a big giveaway day. And you know what? I got a friend down in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, they give away thousands of pounds of food every month, but they do what we do with their clothes giveaway. And they give away tons of clothes every month. So, we got to start advertising better. I mean, now their church, it's a, it's a newer church in town. They're working on getting rid of their mortgage payment. They got blessed with a beautiful building. And now they're working hard to get rid of their mortgage payment. But they were just voted the best church in that county. And that's encompassing all of Chattanooga. They're up on the ridge. So they're, uh, but uh, just awesome. I lived in Chattanooga for a while. And uh, that's saying something. That's a, and, and, and Daniel, he is just known as the beard in town there. He's got a beard way down here. Because his last name is Beard, so he grew the beard. And you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks about it. His wife likes it, so that's okay with me. He and I went to school together. And he's doing gangbusters there in Chattanooga. And so God bless them. But they do what we, tr we try to do with our clothes closet. The only thing is they, they hype it a lot. My word, they hype it a lot. And uh, they get the word out. Um, they, they, they've done so well is that they've even gotten on the news talking about it. That's how well they've done with getting the word out. Um, 
And you go, Pastor, well, we need to do that. Yeah, but you know what? Our news is a little different up here, isn't it? They're down in the Bible Belt. We're up here. But you know what? We need to be zealous of good works. Zealous of good zealous means that we can't wait to do something good for God. Amen? Now, verse 15 gives us a lot of hope. It's a very short verse. Speak these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. You know what it tells me? If we speak these things that we've been talking about this morning, you know, the message of the cross will bring them in. The grace of God will bring them in. Jesus' work on the cross will bring them in. If we would speak these things, that will bring them in. It's harder to get, grow a church today than ever the time in the past, but I'll tell you what, it's still worth it all because we're going to see Jesus. And I'd rather work hard to get as many people here saved before Jesus comes. And I know what you're saying. Well, Pastor... He's coming for a remnant, and that's us. Well, you know what? Our remnant could be a little bit bigger. Amen? Uh, when I go over to the carpet store in Breck, I'll go in there and say, have you got any remnants that will fill uh, this size room? Well, let me see. Yep, I got one right here. That'll do it. I don't come back for a remnant that's going to be just a little tiny remnant like this that I put in the middle of the floor and say, there, there, Lorraine, I recarpet the floor for you. <laughs> I, you don't think that would go over well, would you? No, no, no. She wanted the room carpeted, so it better go from corner to corner, right? And uh, so I go ahead and do that. We um, needed to recarpet my den and our classroom, and so we went over there, and he found two remnants that would do it. They are very close, but it gave the room and a different carpet from my den, my office. And then uh, we went ahead and were able to take out the carpet out of our mud room and put in a nice um, laminate flooring in there that looks like wood. So it's nice and doesn't we don't have to worry about water and all that. We put that in there and boy, and you know what? That was a remnant of a big job that he had and so he had enough there to go through that and now I think Man, that would look nice all the way through the kitchen and the dining room. And, uh, but I don't need to do that. We got nice, our flooring is just fine there. But it would look nice all the way through. And so, but it's kind of neat to have those transitions there in the house. And so, but if we would speak to them, speak these things. Let me ask you a question. If not you and me, who? If not you and me, Hal, who? Who's going to get it done? Who does, he, who does God give the responsibility to share it? Weans? Can you imagine the day Jesus ascended to, back to heaven? You got all the disciples there, the men and women that were all gathered. They're looking up at the sky like this. And I bet their mouths are open like this. Because, you know, there was no helicopters or airplanes back then. <laughs> you know. And, and all of a sudden you see somebody take off and fly up into heaven. And these two angels come along. 
the angels were given the responsibility to get people saved. They come along and they were walking up the Mount of Olives and they had to think, this is what God's going to use? Look at these human beings. And this is the group he chose? Well, the boss knows what he's talking about. And they said, this, the same Jesus you saw leave, you're going to see him come in the clouds. And they were anticipating him. And they shared the gospel. But if they hadn't done it, would we be saved today? Sheep, I got reminded of this this week. Because <laughs> in this culture we live in, we, I, I might have just forgotten this. Sheep are to beget sheep. I haven't seen two sheep get together, you know, a ram and a you get together and make a goat. Haven't seen that yet, have you? Or a frog. Or, or even Lambert, the sheepish lion. You know, they had to adopt him. You don't know what Lambert is, you've got to check Lambert out. It's one of the funniest things that Walt Disney ever did as a short. But sheep are to beget sheep. Here's what the sheep forget. The shepherd cares for the sheep. The shepherd has never born a sheep out of his loins. Get it? Sheep are to beget sheep. Sometimes we all need a little reminding, don't we? You know, in the early church, the pastor, all he had to do was make sure the people were fed the Word of God. Did you know that? Because the people were so excited about talking about Jesus, wherever they, they would go to their work, and they would brag about Jesus. And they're the ones that were busy. It wasn't until Constantine came along in AD 500 that he changed, he changed all that and told the church people they weren't allowed to speak about the things of God because they weren't educated enough. Only their pastors could. That's what, the, that's what Caesar said, and if Caesar said it, we've got to listen to Caesar. I don't know. The only thing I want to know about Caesar is how good that salad is. Right? Of course, Caesar today in Washington, D.C. thinks we should just listen to him and all of us Christians should shut up. No. This is still the United States of America. We still have freedom of speech. If you get rid of freedom of religion, you will not have freedom of the press and you will not have freedom of speech in this country. Why do you think it's listed first? Don't, and then he says, timing, don't let anybody, this, anyone, despise you. Speak these things. If you need to exhort, exhort. You know what exhorting means? It's just build each other up. Hey, I'm going to build you up today because you're a really nice guy. Oh, you're terrific. I enjoy being around you. You, make, you keep me in good sense of humor all the time, Hal. That's exhorting. Opposite of exhorting is Hal. You are the funniest looking creature God ever made. My word. When is that daughter going to get you to the barber and make you look good again? My, oh, no, that's opposite of exhort. That be tearing you, you look just fine. You're a good looking old guy. You're a grandpa. You're supposed to look like that. 
right? Ah, <laughs> oh, pastor, stop picking on me. Okay, I'll stop. I'll pick on Karen now. If you need, if you need to rebuke, rebuke. You know, that means if you need to correct somebody, just correct them. You know, somebody's got some wrong thinking, especially about Jesus, just correct them. Do it as love, though. You don't need to take your Bible and slap them upside the head. Oh, my. <laughs> I know some of them, you think they need it. Don't you see? I'm right, I'm right. And they're not going to listen to you when you do that. But if you need to rebuke them because they just got wrong thinking. But do it in love. Help them. There's a... No, I'm not going to go there. That's a rabbit trail I don't need to go down. But do it. Speak it. Jesus gave you the authority when he told you to go. What did Jesus say? I have all authority given to me. And then he goes and tells us to go and make disciples. Or preach, preach the gospel to every creature. That's, our, that's the job of everyone here, Karen. It's your job to tell people about Jesus. I told you, Dad, I wasn't going to pick on him anymore. So I, <laughs> and your mom's been hiding on me. <laughs> She's been glad that somebody's sitting where he's sitting because she can hide behind her and not be picked up. But Karen, it's your job to tell them about Jesus. Just don't be a Karen about it. <laughs> Karen, I am so sorry that they pick on you because they, I don't know why they call those people Karens. I don't, what made them not pick on Susie? I, I don't know why they did that. My, my godmother is Karen. I, I, so I can't understand why they would ever pick on Karen for. It doesn't make sense to me, but they did. Probably that white cat that did it. <laughs> what, what's that cat's name? Grumpy cat. No, the one that the Karen is yelling at it, pointing its finger, and it's always got a smart remark back at it. I know that was so two years ago, but I still see it used. Actually, it was that humor was right up there with Corey. <laughs> she and she and did you see what that cat did this time? But we have the authority. Let's go. Let's share Jesus. Let's bring them in. Get them in from the field of sin. My friend Daniel's church is growing like gangbusters because his folks just don't know any better. They just tell people about Jesus and invite him to come. And they do. There are people in our community that are hurting. There's people who are in our community that have been beat up. There's people in our community that are addicted to drugs and they need an answer. There's people in our community that Violence has come into their home because they feel so despondent and they're drinking. You know, we were winning the battle against domestic abuse in our community until the pandemic hit. There are people who just need Jesus. 
And that's the answer. You can't turn on the news without hearing about somebody stabbing somebody or shooting somebody or doing something horrible to somebody. We know the person that's doing it need Jesus. And we hope the person who got killed knew Jesus. And sometimes you'll have that weird person who does those things that end up on the news in your house. And yet you've shared Jesus with them. And they were in their right mind and they do things anyway. Mm. That is so weird, isn't it? But we need to share the gospel with others. Hey, you guys are watching, unless they took me down today because they were upset with me for some of the things I said in the early part. Listen, fact checkers, I can't help it. You know what? If you want to fact check me, will you open up a Bible and read it for yourself cover to cover before you start telling me I'm wrong? I can only preach what's in the Word of God. And, and fact checkers, I believe this book is true cover to cover. And I base everything I preach about on this. We love you guys at Facebook or Meta and at YouTube because it gives us the opportunity to reach our shut-ins. gives us the opportunity to reach people that can't get to church anymore. helps us with our friends in Canada where their churches are still shut down. Mr. Trudeau, open up your churches. It'll only help your country. So, I have to do that. We have, we have loyal people in Canada who watch us. It's cool. And we love our Canadian brothers and sisters. We do. I was, again, I can't fold the map close enough to get them here for Sunday service. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Anyway, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, and we glorify your name. We thank you that we can be together today. Lord, help us not to go to sleep on this. Lord, help us to be awake to the people around us who need you so desperately. We work with people, we go shopping with people, we, we meet people all the time. We desperately need Jesus. Help us to share the good news with them in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for our friends who watch that, Lord, you would help them to share as well. Bless them where they live. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you folks who tune in every week and Monday through Friday for coffee break. We, I will see you next time.